Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before we get started with this episode, there's a couple of things I'd like to do, and probably a good thing since the document is currently warming up. So, let's talk about a couple of things that I noticed in the last episode. So, prior to any other conversations or topics that I've had about the characters in the book so far, you might have noticed that there's a little bit of foul language, and granted, there's a couple of reasons why I portrayed the characters with such language. Now, Obviously, you could make up the excuse of, oh, you know, it's hell, but even with that on my side here, I didn't want to go completely overboard with it. So, for the episodes that are coming out in the future and now, don't worry. The only person that I would ever consider to have that bad of a mouth would be Azazel, and thankfully, I think we as the audience have seen enough of him for quite a while. This episode's gonna focus more on the Sin Hunter, and even some new development and uh, a couple of characters that we haven't seen in a little bit. So we're gonna take the spotlight off of Wrath for a little bit, and we'll get back to it at some point in the future, I promise. With that said, let's get started with this episode. Chapter 23, A Bit Sidetracked. While we all know the full story of Azazel and Satan clashing on their way to Pride with the carriage or package safely in tow, we haven't actually discussed what's really happening with the Sin Hunter. Not, uh, not the stand-in, no, I mean the actual Sin Hunter. The one who escaped and quickly got away from all that. So that's where we'll pick off or pick up from here. Sorry. Hmm. All the while, as chaos reigned supreme in the streets of Pride, the Sin Hunter continued his merry little stroll across Hell, observing the crashing waves of what he could only assume was sloth on one side of the wall, the fiery wasteland of wrath on his right, and even where the savage sea met a calm shoreline in lust. The Sin Hunter took a moment to remove his fedora scratching a wispy bit of stubble on his face to be considered a chin, and he sighed, adjusting his fedora on his hair again. I know this isn't exactly my free day off, and believe me, I'm still looking for a way out of hell. But, he said, nodding and talking to himself as he waved a finger, seeing as I do have some time, the Sin Hunter continued, walking along the top of the wall towards Lust, I might as well pop in and see what all the fuss is about with this city coastline. After a few more minutes of walking, his boots leaving muddy trails along the top of the dark red brick wall, Jack stopped, retrieving the family photo from under his fedora. Oh, right, I forgot about this. Sliding the small piece of paper out from underneath the fold behind his hat, Jack cradled it in his hands fondly, smiling as he gazed into the image. <sighs> I wish I was back with you guys. I really do. Jack brushed his uh, sharply tattered thumb along the photo of his... Along the photo of his friends. Sorry about that. Gazing at their images of smiling faces in the background of Western Ridge, Oklahoma. There was Rain, with her phone in her pocket, a bright smile on her face, although hidden by part of her hand. Harry, 
whose arm was around the Sin Hunter's shoulder, waving an axe in the air to which everyone seemed to be quite cautious of, and Liana, who stood quietly beside Jack, keeping one hand tucked into his and smiling as she rested her head upon his shoulder. The image brought tears to the Sin Hunter's eyes, though he couldn't exactly say for what. Whether it was the memories or the longing to be back with his family, Jack was torn between why exactly he was crying at seeing the photo. Whatever it was, it had carried him through wrath and everything that he had ever been through. And he couldn't denounce it for even a second after all of that. Jack took a few more seconds to reminisce about the wonderful memories the photo held, before tucking the piece of paper back into his fedora and continuing to walk along the wall to lust. Eventually, as the Sin Hunter stopped, he thought about the photo once again, finding himself locked on its image. told himself. Not yet. Not until this job is done. After hours of walking, the Sin Hunter came across something that, for the first time, was more than just the wall he had been walking on. It looked like some kind of fanciful cathedral top, built as a center point to keep the different country-like planes from one another. Perhaps this truly was the center of hell, the very point at which all seven planes met. Jack's boots crunched on the unevenness of the dirt ground atop the wall, and when he reached the start of the cathedral, the Sin Hunter brushed his coat aside and reached out a gloved hand. His black and white glove connected with the wall, and a faint pink light pulsed under his hand. The Sin Hunter slowly withdrew his glove, and he stepped back, looking at the wall with fondness. Interesting. So there's some kind of barrier surrounding it? Why would there need to be a barrier around this part of hell? Jack looked around the side of the wall and saw the other end of his path leading towards Lust. If only he could get through the barrier. The Sin Hunter sat down cross-legged, planting himself firmly against the back of the wall and fidgeting with his hands while he thought about what he should do next. Alright. Obviously, this has to have some kind of trick. Maybe some kind of key that I can use to get through? The Sin Hunter tilted his attention back to see the cathedral again this time burning brighter than before. Hmm. No, that couldn't work. Alright. If that barrier's in the cathedral and I can't get around it, well, Jack sighed, tilting his head back to view the other side of a wall, parted by only the crashing waves against his lower left half, maybe I could try making a jump. Can't be that bad, right? The Sin Hunter stood back up from his uh, seated position, looking all around him and making absolutely certain that no one else was nearby. Taking a deep breath and stepping back a few paces, the Sin Hunter charged forward, his boots stamping against the brick-red surface, and he jumped, soaring across the gap around the barrier. It wasn't a straight shot, in fact it was, anything, it was more like angled, but it was the best thing that he had. That is, until he slammed right into a barrier along the top of the wall on the other side, and the Sin Hunter grunted, clinging to the somewhat bubblegum-like surface with his hands. Ow! <coughs> okay, the Sin Hunter grumbled, unsticking his head from the surface. <sighs> Could have been given a heads up there, but sure, why not? The Sin Hunter looked down and saw a foaming, probably acidic ocean below, surging and pushing against the wall that he stood only inches from. 
Jack made sure to keep his gaze up, and he slowly inched up the wall, stinking one foot after the other. Is this how I get out? Is this how I actually escape? He muttered to himself, as Jack tried to climb up higher and higher above the waves. But eventually, as his legs began to tremble more and more violently, his legs gave out, and Jack slowly slid back down the wall towards the water below. Jack managed to stop himself right at the edge of the ocean's spray, and tilted his gaze down to the water, concerned, as his trench coat flapped in the wind and sharp rocks threatened to impale him. Jack pursed his lips in concern. Okay, well, could be worse. If this water isn't acidic, then okay, that'd make my day. But there's no telling until I've properly tested it. Jack grabbed his boot with one hand, keeping the other on a sharp, craggy ledge on the wall, and he pressed his back in against the other side of the wall, effectively positioning himself to the point where he could safely remove his boot. After this had been said and done, and the scent hunter was comfortable enough, he held his boot in one hand, inspecting the rough, muddy texture, before gently dipping the boot down into the water. When he lifted the leather-worn patch out, it was just very damp, and soaked with other foam and oceanic material. In fact, there were a few barnacles that had already begun to cling to the surface of his boots. Jack stared at this strange piece of leather, then shook the ocean life off and stuffed it back over his foot. Whew, okay, so my boot works. Now for the real kicker, Jack muttered, slowly twisting himself around so that he faced the entire ocean. At this point in time, Jack's head and neck were firmly pressed against one end of the wall, and his boots and feet were planted against the other, facing downwards towards the water below and the sharp rocks. Jack took off one of his gloves, sliding them back into his belt, before he reached his hand down slowly and cautiously. You gotta do this. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. You have to get back. You have to get home. Remember the sacrifices that you make. Jack slowly reached his hand further and further down and paused for a minute, terrified of losing. He had had this feeling before, but he knew that something needed to be done. But he was too scared to try it. Every instinct in his body told him no, that the water would kill him slowly, painfully, like time itself. Not at this point. Not at this moment. If Hell had done one good thing for Jack, that had to have been toughening up his instincts. And so, with one close of his eye, Jack plunged his hand into the water, sealing his eyes and mouth shut and bracing for pain. But he was shocked to see that even his gloved hand was alright. No burning, no pain, no acid. There was nothing wrong with it. The water did feel slightly warm, but there was nothing wrong with it, either. As Jack slowly moved his hand back out of the water, he felt a sharp snap drag at his fingertips. <laughs> Jack lost his balance on the wall, falling down towards the sharp rocks as he removed his hand from the water. And as he flung his hand into the air in a spray of oceanic mist, he saw something truly mysterious and terrifying. Some kind of crab oversized and large, with massive pincers and a fierce jaw unhinged, trying to snap at his finger. But the Sin Hunter quickly grabbed the crab by its other claw, piercing and clenching it tight, and he whipped it against the back of the wall, its back cracking and half exploding against the frame of the wall as the crab slowly fell back into the ocean, recoiling. 
Gak managed to stop himself only inches from the sharp rocks, slowly lowering himself down their slippery sides and sinking it waist-deep into the water. Whew. Okay. The Sin Hunter waded across the ocean until he was forced to stand on his toes, looking out at the strange bubble he had seen earlier. Like an angel, the bubble hovered just barely above the ocean, nowhere near the Sin Hunter's goals, but still just out there, like his one chance back home, or some kind of guardian. Okay. Well, guess this is our new living space, huh? The Sin Hunter turned back to stare at the wall he had come from, gritting his teeth as he sighed and shook his head. Guess Lust was out. So, what is this place over here? The Sin Hunter checked his belt to see if he had any cool spy equipment, something that might help him in the new water, and was relieved to see a breathing apparatus hooked onto his trench coat's interior. It was on the inside of one of his coat flaps. He popped the device over his mouth, and with a shuddering breath, he dove into the water, shielding his eyes. It may not have been acidic, but it was still salty. Jack reached for his fedora, fumbling for any other tools, at least something that could help him see what was trying to kill him. Thankfully, there was a set of goggles underneath. They were more meant for welding or bright lights, but the Sin Hunter was happy to take what was given to him at this point. Once his eyes were properly adjusted, the Sin Hunter was blown away by the beauty of the ocean red or ocean green? He wasn't quite sure what he was seeing. What he was quite certain of, however, were the inhabitants of the ocean. Leviathans, great monsters of the deep, floated peacefully by, and swarms of tropical, bottom-feeding, and other types of fish in Kingdom Animalia floated about, eating whatever they could find and surviving in the food chain. And that was only the things you could see swimming through the ocean. Clinging to the coral-lined rocks and mountains surrounding Jack were thousands of tiny aquatic animals, including something that looked like a stingray but with more barbed tails, crabs with plated armor, and other menacing-looking beasts. In fact, as Jack looked down to his right, he could still see that black crab shaking its claws angrily at him before it scurried away. <laughs> Guess he couldn't stand the heat, Jack told himself. Unzipping his trench coat into his leather jacket, which allowed for better maneuverability, the Sin Hunter took off into the bottom of the ocean, folding his fedora back into a tight loop around his neck and swimming as he passed sharks and other dangerous creatures. The deeper the Sin Hunter dove, the more strange everything became. But eventually, the Sin Hunter did manage to find the great glass dome on the ocean ledge. A sharp drop-off led up to the cliff face, and seated on the cliff was the actual city of Sloth. So that's what was in that bubble. Is this really Sloth? The Sin Hunter asked, approaching with caution. The dome's building and architecture reminded Jack of a more southeastern structure, with plenty of details and decorations to go around. It was surprisingly futuristic, with color palettes of whites, blues, grays, and silvers. Of course, there was the occasional hover car that would float by, or perhaps fast-moving trains with high-powered engines. Tech-obsessed inhabitants roamed the streets on the ground, walkways and floors up above, and in the center of the city, rising up to the top of the dome, was a shining blue and silver tower, with some kind of indistinguishable writing on it. Jack swam around towards what he could only assume was the way up or down from the elevator, a long tunnel that led back up the mountain underwater. It was some kind of elevator shaft, which could easily allow for transport up and down from the ledge. 
Jack swam as fast as the water would let him until he finally approached the elevator, locking her hand around one pipe and pulling the knife or pulling a knife out from his leg, prying open a small hatch in the metal surface. Thankfully, with a bit of a pop, he was able to squeeze through the small spot, sealing up the hatch behind him. As a bit of water flooded through the filtration system, Jack removed his breathing apparatus, taking in a deep breath. His oxygen had actually expired about a minute ago, so it was not easy for him to finally get in and take in the sweet relief of oxygen. Oh, oh okay. Amidst the grinding of gears and loud clanking noises upon cables, Sin Hunter was relieved to finally be somewhere other than wet or sensory deprived. Jack took a moment to appreciate his new surroundings, to sit down in the calm, quiet metal box, and he felt his eyes drooping slowly. As another hatch opened up, the Sin Hunter flopped backwards, falling away from the small pocket in the hatch and into an actual elevator door, where he collapsed against the metal bar and fell down peacefully against the solid white floor. For the first time in his life, a solid surface actually felt quite warm and comforting. Jack removed his breathing apparatus, hacking out a massive pile of salt onto the floor and tossing the apparatus off to one side. <sighs> okay, let's... Let's just go. Jack felt his eyes drooping, getting heavier with every second. The last thing he remembered seeing was the elevator doors clicking open, a figure in a white lab coat, and a dropped clipboard upon seeing the Sin Hunter there, soaking wet and tired. Jack wearily waved one arm up into the air, brushing with one hand off to the side. Don't just learn to save. That's where we're going to end the episode for today. Hope you all enjoyed. As I said, I tried to cut back on how much was PG and whatnot. Uh, if some of the dialogue was choppy, that's also my fault. I still have quite a lot of editing to do. But I appreciate everybody sitting here with me today, listening to the story, and uh, yeah, have a good rest of your week.